Hello, my name is David Lesner, and I'm one of the pastors at Creekwood United Methodist Church. We are located in Fairview, Texas, right east of Allen, just north of the Dallas area. The sermon you're about to hear was recorded at one of our worship services, which we'd love to invite you to check out live at 8.30 a.m. for traditional or 11 a.m. for contemporary on Sunday mornings on our Facebook page or the recorded version on YouTube. We'd love for you to check out our social media pages at Creekwood UMC or our website, creekwoodumc.org, for more information about what is happening and how you can grow with us in our mission to share God's love. If you feel inspired, there's also a way to give at the top of the website. Thanks for listening to this sermon, and we hope it inspires you in your journey with God. Um, Luke chapter 24, verse 13 through 24. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He asked them, What things? They replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some woman of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but they did not see him. Well, good morning. My name is David. If I haven't had the pleasure of meeting you throughout uh, the last seven and a half years that I've been here or this morning, I would love to do so after service. Um, We are going to be journeying through this scripture after Easter. The scripture you heard Arden read is often called the walk to Emmaus. We ended abruptly in the middle where they're just describing the disciples' experience of not seeing Jesus in the tomb and and, and not really believing the women when they said that they didn't see them in, didn't see Jesus in the tomb. But I do want you to know they do make it to Emmaus. They do, uh, they are so inspired by who Jesus is, even though they don't know who Jesus is, that they invite him to stay for dinner and overnight. And then they end up having communion together. They end up breaking bread in this meal. All of a sudden they recognize who Jesus is and then he vanishes. Um, and they're left to go share this story with other people. So over the next five weeks, we're going to be journeying toward peace and purpose with Jesus on our own road to Emmaus. I want you to know we're going to finish the story, but I'm uh, very interested in this middle point of the story where it very clearly talks about not being able to see Jesus. Because one of the things that I'm amazed by in all four Gospels is that the people who would write this story down for posterity's sake, who were publicly professing their faith in a world that they could have been killed for their faith, are willingly telling people that the most informed disciples amongst them didn't know who Jesus was. In John 20, we see Mary Magdalene, who was the bankroll behind Jesus, who was one of the most influential followers of Jesus, who knew him the best, there in the graveyard looking for him amongst the dead. And she is so compelled in her grief, she's weeping that she doesn't recognize Jesus coming and standing right next to him, and right next to her, until Jesus says, Mary. 
and gives her a tangible voice to hear. We can read in Matthew 28 and Mark 16 that there are accounts of the women rushing to the disciples and the disciples who have heard Jesus four different times tell them, I will rise again in some sort of metaphor or directly that he has predicted his resurrection four different times, so much so that the Pharisees in Matthew 27 are aware of that prophecy and they tell him to put the stone over the tomb just to make sure nobody makes it come true on behalf of Jesus. But in Matthew 28, the people who are the most informed about what is supposed to happen are told the news by Salome and other women and it says some still didn't believe. And then here we have in Luke at the end where where Cleopas and his friend are journeying seven miles, an entire day's journey toward Emmaus, and they literally have the person of Jesus walking right next to them. And I imagine Cleopas would have been maybe in that upper room, or Cleopas would have been following Jesus for this entire time. They've seen Jesus' face. They've heard his voice. He's right next to them, and still it's seven miles in, and they have not recognized who Jesus is. It's fascinating to me, the most informed, knowledgeable people don't know who Jesus is. And perhaps this brings you some peace. If you're somebody who is just doesn't feel like you're informed and this doesn't make sense to you, you're in good company. You're in good company by a whole host of, uh, of disciples who have all the information in the world. And I often you know, have people tell me that they don't come to church or they don't go to Bible study because they don't know enough about the Bible. And I generally tell them that's why you study the Bible. That's why you come, right? To, to get to know the knowledge. Um, but here's a whole group of people that have every bit of experience and knowledge in the world, and still it doesn't make sense. And maybe you're one of those people. Maybe you're one of those people that says, we come to church, we celebrate Easter, there's this man who rises from the dead. It doesn't make sense. And let me perhaps be the first clergy person to tell you, it doesn't make sense. There was once somebody who was dead who is now alive. That shouldn't happen. We should not be here celebrating this because that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense when something is decaying and lost and, and lost to this world that it is then thriving and walking and teaching again. It is in a logical faith, but it is the fact that it doesn't make sense that makes it so impactful, that makes it so powerful. It's because we have a God that invites us into infinite and limitless possibilities when we see that there is indeed somebody who was confirmed dead and now is confirmed alive. This opens up a whole realm of world possibilities for us when all of a sudden we are not a slave to sin and we don't have to fear death anymore. It opens up a whole world of possibilities when we have this tangible witness, perhaps of what God has been doing all along. This is what happens for the people who didn't get it right off the bat. When Mary Magdalene is in the garden and she doesn't see immediately, she doesn't know what's going on until Jesus gives her a tangible voice to hear and then she runs and grabs his feet and feels this tangible sign of the Savior she's been following for so long. The disciples in Matthew and Mark have Jesus breathe the Holy Spirit upon them to feel the cleansing, uplifting breath of the Spirit rush upon them and then their eyes are opened and in Luke here, we have Cleopas who goes with his friend, and it's when they break bread together. 
And I have to imagine that this tangible breaking of the bread somehow sparked in their imagination when Jesus was with a crowd and maybe they were there when he broke the bread and he fed 5,000 people or the other time when he fed 4,000 people and they were like, oh my gosh, this is the same man. Or maybe they were privy to the upper room when on the Last Supper on Monday Thursday, Jesus broke the bread and said, this is my body which is broken for you and it's going to be with you always. Perhaps this was a tangible sign that God had been working all along. And when they took the cup, maybe they drank from the cup of the new covenant and they recognized that this was Jesus simply offering a reminder that the resurrection is our tangible reminder of what God has been doing all along, bringing life out of death, having love conquer hate, good over evil. The resurrection is our tangible witness of what God has been doing all along and what God will continue to do going on into the future. One of the things we've been doing over the last several weeks during Lent is we've been focusing on different practices of prayer that are found in the New Testament, um, different things that Jesus does. And, and one of those things that we've been focusing on and highlighting is that practices of prayer have not always, you know, it's usually not me asking for something. It's usually practices that help us to be aware of what God is already doing. Uh, Father Richard Rohr is a Catholic priest that I enjoy reading his work from, and he says, we are already in the presence of God. What is absent is the awareness. And if you need a more modern-day philosopher and were born in the 1980s, you got Ferris Bueller who says, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. There's this awareness that is lacking from, you know, no fault of their own. Perhaps it's the grief that we experience over sadness. Perhaps it's the chaotic scene of Good Friday that causes us to miss some details throughout the world. There's this lack of awareness in all of these prayer practices. But in the resurrection, we have what was formerly a dead, lifeless body that is now walking for seven miles, teaching and expounding upon the scriptures. This tangible witness that breaks bread with people and they eat and they dine with people. It is something to hang our hat on for when we are clouded in our own grief and we are clouded in our own confusion. When we can't figure out all the information we still have something to hang our hat on that says we know this happened. Because we wouldn't be here. It doesn't really make sense that we're here, but we are here because we know something, because it's been passed down to us through the story, through the witness, through our, our, our lineage to experience that somehow or another God keeps bringing life out of death. Or in the way that Paul would say in Romans chapter 8, or in Romans, that God works good in all things for those who love him. That perhaps maybe our journey is not one of, of seeking new information. Perhaps it's simply a journey of knowing and being aware of what God is already doing. The Greek philosopher Epictetus said, we have two ears and one mouth so that we might listen twice as much as we speak. And I wonder if Cleopas and his friend along the walk to Emmaus were so busy expounding their own ideas about Jesus that they forgot to actually look for Jesus in the world, to look for what God has been doing all along. One of the prayer practices that I have adopted during this series I've been trying to practice the different um, suggestions that we've had is um, I have been enjoying spring as a prayer practice. Now, I love spring because it means winter is done. And I hate cold weather with a passion. I know that when spring hits, we have 100-degree days coming, and I will be happy. 
at that moment. But I also love spring because there's this moment in October, November, where we start getting these big storms and these winds rush through. And we have this peach tree in our backyard. And the leaves that have started to die and decay get brushed off by these winds and it creates this whole mess that we have to clean up in the backyard. And then what we're left with is this lifeless, pokey tree that's just an inconvenience in our backyard when we're trying to play. But sometime around March, sometime around March, someone will invariably will be eating breakfast at our breakfast nook and we'll look up from the latest Wordle game and, and we'll look out the, the window and someone will say, there's some buds! And there'll be little buds of leaves that are growing, and then those will turn into pink and white flowers, and then out of those flowers come more leaves, and then there are peaches that eventually come where something was dead, now something is alive, and we, and we miss this mystery so often. When I go for walks around our neighborhood, you can see it in the crepe myrtles, that for just a season, there's this radiance of pink and white that just blooms almost overnight out of nowhere, where once something was dead, now it is alive. And you know, I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't even fully understand why it happens. But I do know that it happens. And I know that the, the resurrection is our tangible witness of what God has been doing all along, how resurrection has been sown in the fabric of our world to where life consistently conquers death. Good consistently conquers evil. Love consistently conquers hate. And I know that right now there is crucifixion that we can find at every turn. I do not need to remind you of the number of people that we've lost worldwide from disease. I don't really need to remind you of people who are losing their lives in, in senseless, tragic wars right now. I don't need to remind you that there's been showman politics put people's life at risk. I don't need to remind you that uh, housing prices are rising and displacing some of our neighbors and our friends. I don't need to remind you that we can find crucifixion wherever we look, but I do need to remind you that what God has been consistently doing from the beginning of time is proving that there is nothing that God cannot conquer. That is something that we might not have all the information on, but we do know that there is nothing God cannot conquer, and the resurrection is our tangible witness that even death is conquered into eternal life and heaven come into earth. One of the things I believe that those disciples felt when they grabbed Jesus' feet, when they saw the bread being broken, when they were able to feel the breath of God among them, that all of a sudden they didn't have all the information, but suddenly it made sense. It made sense why he would teach them the absurd things that he did that don't seem to make sense until we don't have to fear death and until we know that our job in following Christ is to bring life and bring resurrection in this world. All of a sudden, when Jesus teaches us to love our enemies and pray for our enemies, well, why would we want to contribute to hate and death when God is so fervently bringing about life in this world? All of a sudden, when Jesus teaches the leave the 99 to go find the one, it's because God wants to bring life to every single person on this earth. And so that person's life, it, we will not sacrifice anybody's death because every life matters. Right? It, it makes sense all of a sudden when Jesus says, if somebody asks for your shirt, give them your cloak too, because we have witnessed the greatest act of generosity of God going up on the cross and taking our sins away for us. And so why wouldn't we not be generous in some absurd way that doesn't make sense? Except when we see that death is conquered and we see that sin is gone, it does make sense. 
because we are called into this life of giving life. We are called into this great mission of giving love. We are called into something to where we are once dead, but now alive and seeking to bring that life to all that we meet and everyone that we meet. The resurrection is a reminder. It's a a benchmark. It's a miracle that the miracle was never meant to be a one-time thing. The miracle is a continuous miracle that keeps on going where life conquers death, love conquers hate, and good conquers evil. And what I hope today is we come and we break bread together and we take the cup and we take communion and we're reminded of the resurrection that is not simply today, but it is next Sunday and every day in between. What I hope for us is that we'll recognize that the resurrection is our tangible witness of what God is doing all along. And I hope maybe a spark comes into your mind of when you've been walking down your own road, you've been driving down your own highway, you've been cooking in your own house, you've been playing on your own ball field, and I wonder if you won't be reminded of something God has already been working in your life. I wonder if the question won't come to your lips. Was he not walking with us all along? Will you pray with me? Gracious God, help us to always be aware, to never forget, in the cloud of crucifixion, that you are constantly rebutting trees. You are constantly growing grass. You are constantly giving us signs and wonders of the miracle that persists in life, that life continues in this world and life continues even afterward in eternal life because you have conquered death and you have given us a tangible witness that this is true. And so, Lord, as we feel the bread in our hands that has been broken, that is your body, may we be reminded of our ability to feed thousands. As we taste the cup that is the blood of the new covenant, help us to remember that our sins are no more and we don't have to act out of shame or guilt anymore. We can walk with confidence down the road to promise and victory. And so, Lord, I would ask for you to be with us but I know you already are because even death couldn't keep you away. And we have seen the victory in Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Thanks for listening. We would love if you could leave us a review on whatever platform you are listening today and let us know how we are doing. Be sure to check out our social media pages at Creekwood UMC and our website, creekwoodumc.org, for more ways to get involved at Creekwood United Methodist Church in person, online, or both. Thanks again for listening, and have a great week.